When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. today's podcast we talk about how coaching is being like a good parent we focus on the trends to stop the rpo and we think about opportunities to develop and advance your career and joining me to talk about all those things is the co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach at duke ben albert coach it's great to have you here today Uh, it's great to be here i really appreciate being able to sit down and talk to you about the profession Coach, for for you, when you look back at the beginning of this, what was it that really made you want to become a football coach? Well, you know, I was fortunate in my life to have many, many great uh, men that coached this great sport that we all love and enjoy. And they opened my eyes to the importance of the lessons that you learn from football. You know, I, I uh, you know, I was introduced to my first football coach was a fellow by the name of Barry Rosser in Patterson, New Jersey. He went on to become the the the, uh, the head coach at Eastside High School, and his son is now a coach uh, up in Massachusetts. Um, you know, he won a, a championship uh, down in Tennessee as a head coach. Uh, my high school coach, John Arado at Passaic County Tech, was very influential in my life, and, you know, uh, he continues to be as well as uh, – you know, Jim Reed, my college coach at the University of Massachusetts, I learned a lot of really, really uh, valuable lessons. You know, football has really been good to me. And, and that exposure from uh, those men that I just mentioned, you know, has been incredible. And it continues to be. Some of the colleagues that I've had an opportunity to work with, some of my college uh, teammates, uh, Joe Cullen, who's now the defensive coordinator with the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, you know, Steve Adazio, the head coach at, at Colorado State. Uh, I had an opportunity to work with, with Coach Shiano uh, at Rutgers, uh, Casey Killer, um, you know, uh, Sam Houston. Um, coach Nick Rapone just won a, a Super Bowl with the, with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, he and I worked together at, at, at the University of Delaware under Coach Killer. And, uh, you know, probably the guy who had the greatest impact, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, where I am philosophically right now as a coach, uh, Don Brown. You know, Don 
Brown and I, uh, you know, we, we work together at Boston College, and we're fortunate enough to, to coach, you know, uh, our final year at, at BC, the number one rated defense in many statistical categories. So um, it's been it's been great, man, you know, being able to be around all those 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 great men, you know, they 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 helped me get to where I am. Football, as I said, has been good. You know, the the, the valuable life lessons, uh, the value of hard work, the value of perseverance, uh, getting up when you're knocked down. All of those things, you know, are are invaluable to a person in life. And, you know, football has, has opened my eyes to it. Coach, I know you're part of a, a very strong culture of football and uh, just organizational excellence at Duke. I've been able to have uh, Matt Guerrero on the podcast, Joe Casper, Eli Kimak did a, a, a clinic with us about a year ago. And so you hear about the 55 and how big that is to part to, to your culture for your players across all positions. Uh, talk to us about the, the 55 for defense, especially for your defensive linemen. Well, you know, the 55 for those out there that don't know what Keith is referring to is, is uh, the foundation of our program here at Duke. You know, every drill that we do has a component of the 55. Uh, every play in football has the 55. The 55 is all over the place. And, and uh, you know, the 55 is really five things within five seconds that you have to do to have success on any football play. Um, the average football play is five seconds. And uh, those five things that will dictate your success or failure are alignment, assignment, effort, execution, and finally finish. So, you know, those things um, are very, very important um, to the success of a, of a football play. And if you get right down to it, those five things are really, are, are really important to uh, success in anything you endeavor in life, you know, alignment. You know, if you're a part of an organization, you know, everybody within the organization has to be aligned in order for, you know, the organization to have a chance at success. Uh, you have to, the second part of it, assignment. If you have an assignment, everybody has an individual assignment that they have to complete, you know. Um, effort, you can't get anywhere without effort, you know. Uh, Execution, you know, execution is, is final. If anybody that's sitting on death row and they're they're waiting to be executed, that that's final. That's the end. You know, there there is no coming back. So the execution is really really paramount. And then finally, everything that you do in life, you're measured by how you finish. You know, so if you apply the 55 to life. Uh, the, the way that we apply it to everything that we try to do here at Duke, you'll be able to find success. You know, we, we try to, you know, uh, promote uh, simplicity because um, there's a beauty in, in being simple. You know, when everybody knows the task at hand, they're able to execute with a high level of efficiency and, uh, you know, it, it leads to a path of success. So the 55 is very, very, very important. You know, and, and the part, the uh, the idea of the 55, you know, I was introduced to it when I became a part of this program. That's one of the first things you 
you learn when you come to Duke, whether it be as a staff member, whether it be as a support staff member, a player, anybody that has a hand in our program knows and understands the value of the 55. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really, 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 it really opened my eyes to, you know, a lot of, a lot of different things, how you go about doing things and the application of it. You know, I, I try to apply the same types of things at home with my family. So it's been great. A lot of times in, in football, you see, uh, someone will see that this program over here does something a certain way. And so you, you, you cut and paste and try to do it that way. But for you guys, you definitely have thought things out on how it's going to work best for you. Your guys face some things that are unique to your university and that they have some very uh, rigorous academics that have to be an important part of their experience there. So you guys find a way to be efficient, right? Whether that's your meetings or your practices, you guys find an efficiency that you're going to get everything that you need to done, yet at the same time be able to go out and you know, do what you need on game day because you've covered everything. So talk to us about how you do that and the way that you guys work to be efficient. Well, you know, again, it, it goes back to all the different components that we just talked about. You know, everybody having a discipline, um, you know, to, to follow, uh, you know, all the different things that we need to get done as, a, as an organization. We know who we are. You know, we know what we stand for, and, uh, you know, it comes from from the top. You know, Coach Cutcliffe, uh, you know, is, has a very, very clear vision of what this program is all about, and we all understand what that vision is. You know, uh, our thing is, you know, uh, we're probably not going to sign a class of five, four and five stars, but we feel like we can find uh, three stars that have the ability to maximize themselves at the level of potentially of being a four and sometimes play as if, as if they are a five star. We are a developmental program and we're very proud of that. Um, you know, we've had guys that have come through that we've been able to cultivate and to develop and they've been able to maximize themselves and reach their full potential. And that's one of the tenets of the, of the program you know, being at your absolute best, you know, um, and not only on the football field, but off the football field as well. You know, at Duke, we're trying to produce captains, future captains of, of industry, you know, guys that are going on and who are going to lead Fortune 500 companies, uh, guys who are going on, who will go on and be lawyers, uh, guys who are going to go on and be doctors, engineers, you know, high-level people who are going to essentially dictate the success or failure of our country as we continue to move forward. So it's, it's really a great place to be in that regard, you know. And, and, you know, when we go into a home to recruit, you know, we're very clear in terms of the demands of the program, you know. And, you know, our, our thing is we're, we're, we're basically presenting to a young man what the university will be able to do for them in the next 40 to 50 years. And, you know, sitting down talking to a, a 16, 17 year old, sometimes those guys can't visualize that far ahead, but the guys that are, are 
unique and has that ability to do so, those are the guys that belong at a place like Duke because they understand that it is not just the next four or five years of fun, but it's about dedicating yourself so that you can go on and, and really change the life of, you know, future generations of your family. So it's a great place in that regard. And in that respect, coach, you talked to me before we got going about coaching being like good parenting. How do you take that approach in developing your players on and off the field? Well, the biggest thing that I try to incorporate in my coaching is trying to develop the whole person, you know, develop the whole human. You know, I, I like to, to spend, you know, five minutes a day with my guys just talking about current events, different things that are happening, impacting their lives, um, you know, uh, trying to get to know where their interests are academically and what is the best way that I can help them accomplish their goals, you know. And, and uh, you know, to me, good coaching is like good parenting. A, a good coach during the week is basically preparing his athletes to be able to uh, go on and do great things on game day, you know, and uh, a good parent is essentially doing the same thing. You know, you're cultivating your child for their game day, and, and their game day is when they leave the nest. You know, are they uh, fully functional humans that are going to go on and be able to have a positive influence on the people they are around? Are they going to be able to pick themselves up when they experience failure? You know, are they going to be able to do all the necessary things that it takes to have success in life? So in many regards to me, I do believe good coaching is just like good parenting in terms of preparing. You know, we want to prepare our, our kids for success both on and off the football field. Coach, one of the things you have to prepare for as a defensive coordinator is the RPO game, which is ever-evolving. Uh, I told you before before we got going, I was uh, you know, moderating a, a clinic talk with Nick Saban a, a couple weeks ago, and he leaned into the, the computer camera and said, you, you offensive guys out there, I'm going to tell you this, y'all are the Taliban. And you know, he laughed about it and chuckled, but you know, his point being that these RPOs are really designing different ways to stress the defense. So for you, it's a, a lot of guys ask you what you like to do, but you're also out there looking for some of those trends. What things do you see developing in terms of being able to stop the RPO? Well, the game has become uh, a game within a game. You know, uh, one of the first conversations I had with Coach Cutcliffe prior to coming to Duke, we talked about junction points and the ability to coach uh, junction points and junction points are defined as uh, you know any time uh, an opposing player uh, you know is at a, at a at a meeting space with a with a with another player from a, from a different team and junction points are all over the field. It happens in the secondary between the corner and the wide receiver. It happens uh, obviously up front with the defensive and offensive lines between the linebackers and running backs. You know, um, they're all over the place. So in today's game, uh, your ability to win those those uh, individual battles, those junction point wins, will dictate your success or failure. So, you know, we, we implement 
basically uh, a man-free system, but we also incorporate uh, some brackets in our system. Um, and you know, we will play some zone coverages and so forth and so on and some of the, the later downs and situations and stuff. But, but first and 10, you know, as you indicated, you have to be able to handle the, the run path options. And the best way I believe you do it is by playing, uh, you know, uh, tight coverages. You know, uh, you reduce the playbook somewhat, you know. Um, it, it ends up being either uh, slants, fades, or rubs in terms of the routes that you got to see. Um, you know, so you reduce the route tree uh, down to almost an elemental level where it becomes me against you. And, um, you know, uh, I think as a defense, as a defensive guy, we're always trying to figure out how we can uh, gain a, num a numerical advantage. And the RPO is the great equalizer, you know. Um, so, you know, it, <laughs> it is challenging. Um, and it is, you know, one of those things as a, as a defender, you say to yourself, man, you're always trying to, as soon as we feel like we caught up with them, those guys, come up with something new but that's the beauty of the game you know that's why people come to watch it you know that's why we enjoy coaching um you know because of all those unique challenges that that you have a lot of really really smart young innovative uh people you know and you have some older guys who who have uh adapted to some of the new things and incorporated into uh you know some of the old into a mesh that that makes it even that much more harder to defend. So it's a it's a great time right now for football because it is exciting. Um, you know, we just have to continue to get better defensively in terms of developing our guys and having them understand exactly what it is we're trying to take away and how we're gonna go about doing so. It seems like when we talk about RPO, um it's a foregone conclusion that just everything's going to handle itself in the box as far as the run game. And, you know, we, we focus on different ways we can get guys into those areas or, you know, taking, you know, maybe dropping somebody down and, and taking that stress off of what might be uh, the, the defender they're trying to be in conflict. But we don't talk a lot about the role of the defensive lineman in the RPO game. So for you, and especially working with these guys on a daily basis, what things do you feel are necessary for a defensive line to do to help take some of the stress off of the rest of the defense? Well, we're, our defense is, is built on trying to create havoc. So, you know, for a defensive, for a defensive guy, um, the thing that makes it hard for us, you can, you can take a, a, uh, less of an athlete as an offensive lineman, and now the offense, the uh, RPO is a great equalizer because that kid may not necessarily be a great pass protector, but because the defense is somewhat conflicted as to whether is you know is it is it truly run, is it truly pass, and and again a lot of the RPOs the the offensive line of scrimmage is it looks like a run play, right? So um, um, you know it's, it's hard uh, or it can be hard. To uh, create those those havoc type plays that we're that we're trying to create, so you know, the biggest thing that we try to do is we try to gang up on the uh, on the run run game, and we, we a lot of different movements, a lot of stunts, uh, you know, uh, linebacker hit it. Uh, we try to try to do a lot of different things to disrupt the read portion of the play to try to create 
where, where they're trying to create conflict for us, we're trying to eliminate that conflict and put the stress back onto the quarterback to make the right decision. So, um, you know, uh, that's you know, one of the things that you know, the biggest thing is, is for us to, to just be able to, you know, uh, win those, those one-on-one engagements as best we can up front. When you look at uh, the starting point, the front, right? The front's going to be a starting point because you can move from it. But for you, what fronts do you like in particular to be able to help uh, your guys maybe, again, take stress off of some of those second-level defenders who are being put in conflict uh, just as a starting point? Is there something you favor in terms of the way you're going to line your guys up to start? Well, the uh, the original start, the infant phase of what is now the RPO started with the zone read, and it started off as a read primarily at the at the defensive end. Now you have you have uh, it is advanced to the stage where now a quarterback or an offense could have in their arsenal the ability to read a defensive end. They could have the ability to read a three technique. They could have the ability to to read a linebacker or a third level defender potentially. So you know the multiplicity of fronts for us is very 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 important. We we um, we will incorporate uh, uh, different things in our system where uh, you know anywhere from tight eagle to split eagle to uh, a double eagle bear defense uh, we have it all in our arsenal so we're, we're constantly trying to move uh, the pitchers you know for the offensive line in terms of what they have what they, they have to prepare themselves for um, to try to give ourselves an advantage you know and we're a very aggressive uh, defense philosophically you know uh, you know, we, 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 it's very, very simple in terms of the techniques that we teach, um, but it may be, uh, you know, we, we might be in double eagle on one play, and then the next, the next play we might give the presentation of split eagle, but then we'll have a linebacker that might be uncertain to create the double eagle look. So we, we do a lot of different things that way. We, we uh, have within our system the ability to play an odd uh, spacing uh, defense, um, you know, so we're trying to do everything we can to, to try to create as much uh, conflict as the offense is trying to do to us, you know, so that's philosophically what we try to get done. And for our listeners, uh, Coach was part of the Lawrence First and Goal Clinic, and all of those talks, if you did not attend the clinic, have been turned into coaches on or excuse me let's start that over Peter all of those clinics have been turned into courses on coach tube which continue to benefit uh, Lawrence first and goal foundation for pediatric brain tumor research and cancer services so I highly recommend checking uh, coach Albert's clinic talk out um, which he covers all the different drills the reads the pass rush Defeating blocks for defensive line. I think it's one of the best resources out there. Um, again, I'll put that link in the show notes. So, speaking of, of clinics, coach, and we've been through this off season uh, over a year now of 
Zoom clinics. We've we've lost the the real world. We haven't been able to go to spring ball. But you know, when you look at the young coach out there, or that coach who's looking to advance his career, maybe move up levels, what advice do you have for those guys to best be able to increase their opportunities in this profession? One thing that I encourage the young guys to do is to be a sponge. You know. Um, there's more mediums than ever before in terms of, of clinics, uh, in terms of uh, online stuff. But football coaching and, and coaching is teaching is really about relationships. So I encourage, you know, young coaches to get out and try to visit as many places as possible. I know it's tough right now because of the COVID uh, pandemic, but um, you know, as soon as we return to normalcy. Um, you know, the thing that I, I tried to do when I was a young coach coming up was I tried to work as many camps as I as I could. I tried to visit as many uh, places as I could. You know, I tried to uh, make friends um, with people that I that I had interest in. Um, you know, things that I that I thought would be helpful or beneficial to me. You know, I, I would get in the car and I would I would go and and, and visit. I would try to sit in on. Uh, meetings, you know, I would go in and sit in on, uh, you know, Joe Cullen, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, who's the defensive coordinator now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you know, I would, I would go and, and, and I would, I would sit in on his position meetings. You know, I would go and I would sit in on, on team meetings, you know, if, if I was fortunate enough to have that, uh, that option. Um, but just being in that environment, you know, it exposed me to what it entailed to be a, a, a good quality coach. You know, um, you are a teacher. As a coach, you are a teacher. And, and, and uh, teaching is about cultivating. And, you know, I encourage those guys to, to if you are interested in, in becoming a better coach, get out, you know, be active, involve yourself, go work camps, go meet people. You know, if, if you have questions that, that you don't quite understand or know the answer to, you know, find somebody that, that is, that's doing the things that you would like to do, you know, pattern your, your, uh, your process behind what, what they do. And it's not just, in, it's not just football coaching either. You know, um, one of, one of the uh, coaches who was very influential to me, whom I never had an opportunity to meet was, was John Thompson at Georgetown. When I was a kid, I grew up, I was a huge Georgetown basketball fan, you know, and, and you know, uh, you know, he has a book out that's an autobiography now detailing his life, um, you know, and, and just reading about some of the things that he stood for, his philosophies and those types of things. Those are all different uh, different things that will help you become a better coach, you know, all the different resources are available, use them, utilize them, you know, but again, the most important thing is being active, being fully engaged in the process so that you can be the best, the best absolute coach that you can be. Coach, that's some great advice. And I, I highly recommend when things open up, especially being able to get out to spring ball. It's, it's always harder, obviously during seasons, you can't do that, but 
if you have the opportunity to go to spring ball practices and it, it doesn't have to be the, the biggest schools out there either. It could be some of your local division two or division three schools uh, and just go see how guys coach. I think it's, it's something, you know, don't get lost in this digital world because remember, you know, all that information you're getting is good, but it's going to boil down to how you do it on the field. And the best way to develop there is to be out and see people actually doing it and learning from that as well. well coach, uh, a lot of great discussion here, a lot of great topics that you brought up, but when you look at all you do as the coach, what's the one thing you do that you really feel gives your players, your unit, the winning edge? One of the things that I think we do a, a great job with is uh, putting our guys in position to be successful. You know, um, you can't you can't fit a square peg into a round hole. You know, so you have to find out what your kids do best, and sometimes you have to tailor your attack around what your kids do best. It's not about you know, this is my system. It's about what can my kids learn. What can we incorporate into our package that will help us be at our absolute best? You know, and one prime example of that, we had a young man uh, the past four years by the name of Chris Ronk, who was a little undersized. We recruited him um, out of Bucos High School down in Florida. And, um, you know, when you put his tape on, you can see how productive he was as a high school prep guy. And when he got to Duke, it was the same deal. He was a little undersized, um, you know, but you talk about production. I mean, the kid was very productive. So we found a way to get him on the field, a lot of different unique ways to move him around and get him on the field and get him involved with what we were doing. And, you know, it was, it was to the benefit of our defense. And, you know, we were able to utilize our personnel uh, as best as possible. So I think one of the, you know, my winning edge, I believe, is is my ability to be flexible with my guys and, and try to figure out exactly what what we do best and try to, you know, maximize it, you know, with, within the confines of our system. Or if it's outside of the confines of our system, being smart enough to come up with different ways that we can utilize it. Coach, for our listeners out there who might have a guy who fits well uh, in that Duke culture, as well as academically for the university, what are your recruiting areas out there? Well, I I um I recruit primarily. Um, I have uh, all of New Jersey. I have uh, the the Baltimore, Maryland area. Uh, I have select schools in in the Washington D.C. area. Me and Coach Benedict, uh, we break up uh, the the Maryland D.C. area, you know. But generally speaking, because I coach the defensive front, you know, I'm I'm really all over the all over the country, uh, nationally scouring, uh, you know, guys that that play the defense defensive line uh, position. But I'm primarily in that that northeast corridor between. Uh, you know, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, that mid-Atlantic region is, is where I, I primarily base out of. And coach, what's the best way for coaches to contact you to share a player or just learn more about what you do at Duke? Well, I mean, my, my, you know, my email address 
uh, is ba92 at duke.edu. Um, I have really no secrets. You know, I've been fortunate enough to be around a lot of great men. Um, you know, I love football and, and uh, I love sharing, you know, different things. I love, you know, the great thing about it, a lot of times when, when, when guys reach out, you know, I end up trying, I end up taking away more than, than, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I give, is a give and take, you know, so, uh, you know, the other thing is, is our doors are always open in terms of, of, of practices and so forth and so on. So when we do return to a normal situation, I encourage guys to, to come and, and, and watch our practices, you know, come and sit in on our, on, on our meetings and, you know, uh, really, really get a feel for, you know, our approach. You know, I think we have a, a very unique approach to our teaching methods. Um, you know, our, our meetings are very energetic. You know, uh, we have a great young coaching staff that do a tremendous job of, of incorporating a lot of modern, modern day, uh, you know, techniques into our concepts of uh, just implementing the information to our kids, you know, and, and uh, we would love to love to have any, anybody that's interested in coming that wants to learn our Duke University is, is, is an open book. Our head coach, uh, our head coach, uh, Coach Cutcliffe, is a, is an ambassador, you know, for the sport, you know, and uh, you know, we 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 would love to love for people to come and 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 get an idea of who we are and, and you know what we represent. Coach, I appreciate you spending the time with us here today, and appreciate your approach to this game. Uh, best of luck to you and the Blue Devils in 2021. Thank you. Thank you. Continue to take care and and continue to stay safe. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Please, if you are enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes or Spotify and click five-star for it. Rate if you have a minute, write a review. It really helps the podcast. Check out our new home for the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. That's at coachandcoordinator.com. And follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.